Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! They're still doing a really quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call the Ghostbusters. Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that thinks it's a fantastic idea to pipe Neil C.C. Rega's Ghostbusters remix, Bustin, through TeamSpeak during Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed sessions, because Bustin, Bustin, Bustin makes me feel good, and I ain't afraid of no sleep. I'm your host, Jim Maritato, aka Vink Maniac, from the internet, and if you don't get that reference, you need to hit pause right now, go to YouTube, and type in Neil C. Bustin. And then both love me and hate me as you come back for the rest of the show. And even if you do get that reference, you should go do that anyway, because (laughs) Bustin, Bustin, Bustin makes me feel good. Uh, Anyway, I'm excited to talk with you for a 27th episode of Extraplasm. Uh, And this week we're talking with Jacob Walsh of Yes Have Some Podcast. And we had a quick talk about his work as a tattoo artist, his love of reptiles and animals, our feelings on vegan cheese, kaijus and marshmallow men, what justifies killing animal characters in a horror movie, and at least a little bit about the next Ghostbusters movie and the things that are to come. Uh, it was a really fun chat, and I'm happy to share it with you all this week, so um, please you know, tune in and stick around for that. But before we get into that interview, we need to discuss some Ghostbusters headlines, because while there's not that many of them this week... Those that exist are a pretty big deal. It's about quality, not quantity, folks. So uh, let's take a look at some Ghostbusters headlines to start the episode. Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. Call in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. Extra plasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at you. The big news this week is that we're now in production of the next Ghostbusters cinematic release, and it's not called Hell's Kitchen. Gil Kennan, or Keenan, I'm never really sure, and eventually by the time we get to the movie, I'm going to get it right. And Jason Reitman, the official Ghostbusters accounts online, and virtually everybody else and their mother reported that the first frames of the next Ghostbusters movie, codenamed Firehouse, are now in the proverbial can, and the rest of them are still to come. Uh, So this is awesome and exciting news is what many people are calling Ghostbusters 4 is now underway in the UK. And if you think it's Ghostbusters 5 because you think something else is canon, that's okay too. Uh, While there's no other big details to share about this movie at this point because it's a movie that's still being made and we don't live in the canon of Spaceballs, uh, rest assured that the players are all taking their places and everybody involved is set to make a great movie. So we're on track. Uh, Whether or not we're on track still for a December 2023 release, I'm not sure, but we're on track to make a movie and that's the most important part. If surviving COVID-19 and afterlife delay teaches us anything, it's that the most important thing is that the movie actually comes out. Um, And it doesn't really matter when that happens as much as it matters that it happens. So uh, I'm excited and I hope you are too. And perhaps the most, you know, biggest question we're starting to ask about what's going to happen with that movie is who's necessarily going to be in it. And perhaps the most questionable person in that equation might have been Bill Murray. And that might still be the case because we have no idea whether or not he's involved. But the second most questionable person was Ernie Hudson. And last week, I declared Hudson Watch 2023 to be over. And as it turns out, everybody can officially relax. Ernie Hudson was gone on record this week, uh, confirming his involvement in Afterlife, uh, or rather in Firehouse, the movie that comes after Afterlife, and praising the script in an interview with Looper, saying Jason Reitman, who's producing this one, 
from the very beginning when he got involved, there's been a lot of things out about me not being happy about certain treatments or whatever. But Jason made sure, and in fact we talked about it, that Winston would be very much included and very much part of the franchise and appreciated for what he brings to it. Everybody's back. It's a great script and a lot of fun. So I had sort of said that this discussion, you know, people had were throwing around like maybe it's about contracts, maybe it's about finances. I had said maybe it's just about the fact that he wants to make sure that the character has a reasonable commitment and development so that he's actually like showing up to do work that matters. Um, and to me, that's kind of what that sounds like. But hey, you know, whatever. Pe- actor is going to be actors and can probably speak in code too. I don't know. But, you know, from my standpoint, it sounds to me like he, you know, really wanted to make sure that there was a presence for the character there and that he wasn't just going to be tacked on or that he would be cut, cut down, you know, as one of the things that's kind of been painful for him in his career, as he's talked about. So, um, you know, it's really good to hear that he's on board, that he's happy with what's going on with the script and whatnot. Um, you know, so I think it's great that we're going to see Ernie Hudson show up and I want you to pay attention to what he said. He said, everybody's back. So now we can all debate about that. <laughs> we can all argue about what everybody's back means for the next few months. We talked last week about the fact that Celeste O'Connor was showing a visa on Instagram. So we know they're back. Uh, and that's something that Ghostbusters News also reported this week in the wake of us saying it on the podcast and us by I guess I mean me because I don't know who else was here. Uh, but does that mean that Sigourney Weaver's on board? Does this explain why Billy Bryan, the man better known as Mr. Stay Puff, went to England? Is Does this mean that Peter McNichol is coming back as Janos Poha? Is Peter Mosin returning in his iconic role as man in restaurant? I have no idea, uh, but rest assured, we're all going to find out in December of 2023 or sometime after that. In all seriousness, though, this is a good opportunity to remind everybody that Extraplasm is going to be doing its best to offer a spoiler-free experience for you all in the lead-up to Firehouse. I think it's pretty clear from the last few weeks that treating tiny blurbs and sound bites as tantamount to fact is fun and interesting for debate and discussion online, but ultimately when it comes to plot points and the like, I don't want to know what's going to happen with this movie before I see it on screen, and I think the folks making the movie should have a good shot to like make a movie without it getting mucked up. Uh, and so without, you know, needing to take the time to deal with misrepresentations of their stuff or to, you know, rumor mill, etc. So um, I'm going to say, you know, well, if you didn't hear it last week and you didn't see my post online this week, welcome to the production bubble. We're ready to believe in a spoiler free experience uh, <laughs> because I want, you know, we'll certainly still talk about things that are coming out from, you know, Ghostbusters officially. But we're probably not going to talk at this point much about things like, I don't know, production weekly. Um, so um, that's just to give you an example of what I mean. but. We're going to, at this point, give the studio the space to make a movie and whatever they share with us, we'll be happy to talk about and discuss. And I don't mean necessarily share with us uniquely and individually like I get an inside tip to anything because I don't. I just mean share with us as an audience, as a fandom, as a community, etc. So um, something to keep in mind, just if you're out there, you want to send things into the podcast. Of course, you can always reach the podcast at Extraplasm on Instagram and Twitter and extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but Let's keep it spoiler free, and I'm going to try and do that for all of you as well. Moving out of discussing then the uh, kind of conversation about official Ghostbusters movie making news, let's talk a little bit about a blend of merchandise and media news. There's not a whole lot of stuff to report right now about merchandise. It's been kind of a slow week in that sense, and that will likely change over the next, you know, say six to 12 months as we move toward a movie release and potentially hear more about animated projects and the like. But I do want you to know that you should be keeping an eye on the Containment Unit Autograph Group on Facebook if you're an autograph collector. 
Uh, you, you've, if you listen to the podcast regularly, then you probably have heard of Matt and Tom because they've been on the show and been guests. Uh, and what they do in terms of setting up private signings with different folks involved in Ghostbusters productions. Uh, they recently announced that they had a signing opportunity with Richard Edlund, which I believe is still available as of this moment. But you should probably act sooner than later if you haven't already. And they've now announced a second opportunity for a signing this month with uh, Jim Fye, who you may better know as Tony Scolari from Ghostbusters 2. Uh, they have a third signing they're going to be announcing soon that you should keep an eye out for or an ear because Matt and Tom over at the containment unit have dusted off the microphones and their headphones since their appearances on this show and released an episode of their own podcast aptly called the Ghostbusters containment unit. And you can find that, you know, pretty much everywhere that you can find this show. So uh, if you go off to Spotify, iTunes, all those places, you'll find the Ghostbusters containment unit. Uh, and the episode's a great listen to find out what they've been working on in terms of setting up new signings and et cetera, but also because they have a great interview uh, with Diane Hammond, who was a puppeteer on Ghostbusters, the original one, who helped to bring our friend Tubby Soft Squeeze to life. So a little bit of merch news and a little bit of entertainment news, but all Ghostbusters headlines is what you've got right there, cadets. Okay, sorry. If you invoke Uncle Dan once to say, like, you know, Tubby Soft Squeeze, then it's, it risks taking over the entire podcast. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll dial that back. But um, in keeping up with the media news, this is a good opportunity to also say that our friends at Yes Have Some podcast, including Jacob Walsh, who we'll be talking with in a few moments, are going to be starting up some regular bi-weekly video streams on their YouTube channel to talk about the production of Ghostbusters Firehouse with folks live. Uh, so in the chat with people they bring on the show, etc. And at some point, you might even see and hear people who've been on this podcast over there. Uh, so Check that out. That's going to be starting this Thursday on the Yes Have Some YouTube channel. And in general, check out their podcast content on a weekly basis. I'm not 100% sure what time they're going to be starting this show, uh, but you should definitely take a look at the Yes Have Some YouTube channel and subscribe to it because that will notify you uh, when the show is going to be happening. And that way you don't have to worry about when it's going to be taking place because some amazing algorithmic creation that the folks at Google design will do that for you. Um, isn't technology wonderful? Uh, Jacob, who we'll be talking with in a few moments, is one big part of that show. And the YHS community are some really fun folks if you're not already over there interacting. Um, so, you know, I would say that Extraplasm might not even exist without that community existing first, because it is certainly one of the places that I tend to interact and talk with folks about Ghostbusters stuff and the folks who make YHS have all been incredibly supportive of this podcast. So um, go over there, check out. We yes, have some, just make sure you come back here too. Okay. I mean that. Okay. Like just, I, I know I said earlier, go check out some other stuff about, you know, some, here's my insecurities. Make sure you come back. Uh, anyway, uh, two community news and bulletin board items to tell you about. First, our friends over the South Carolina ghostbusters are having a raffle to support the family of one of their members. Uh, Heather Bradley, unfortunately passed away a few months ago and they lost her from their community. Uh, listener and friend of the podcast, John Roop reached out asking for folks to take a look at the raffle that they are running for Ghostbusters merchandise to help support Heather's daughter. Uh, you can find out more by heading over to the South Carolina Ghostbusters, uh, Instagram or Facebook pages. Um, they are literally on Instagram, South Carolina Ghostbusters with no spaces, uh, it's a worthwhile cause that helps out one of their members. And uh, it was, you know, sort of a very tragic thing. So if you want to do something supportive if you have the ability or if you just want to uh, try to score some uh, pile of Ghostbusters merchandise for very little money. Um, the South Carolina Ghostbusters may have your game. And 
The other charity signal boost I want to throw out there uh, is for Austin Young, a.k.a. Ray Cameron of the Internets and member of the Central Oklahoma Ghostbusters, builder of Logan Kim's Proton Pack, and hopefully maker of five timers robes for Extra Plasm Podcast. Uh, Central Oklahoma Ghostbusters are running a charity wherein they're asking you to donate $5 or more to Integris Mental Health uh, directly and then notify them of your donation to be entered to win photos that were signed by McKenna Grace and Logan Kim, uh, which one of those... I mean, both of those are awesome autographs. I have one of them. I have Logan Kim's, but a McKenna Grace autograph is like virtually unobtainium. So that's like an amazing thing. Not to be like Logan Kim autographs aren't amazing too. Sorry, Logan Kim, if you're listening, you're, you're awesome. I think that you're great. And I, I want, I still want a My Little Pony USB stick because you held one once. Um, I'm that kind of person. I'm weird. Uh, anyway, this is a really great cause that Austin talked about during his first visit on the podcast. Uh, and they're an organization that, you know, they regularly support that the Central Oklahoma Ghostbusters regularly work with Integris uh, to try and support the kids that they work with. Integris works with youth that are suffering a mental health crises. They're often coping with mental and emotional trauma and are sometimes in transition between living circumstances. Um, so they're dealing with a lot of instability. And the uh, Central Oklahoma Ghostbusters try to help out with things like coat drives, etc. So in this case, they're asking you to provide a direct donation to uh, the Integris Mental Health as a group. And to when do when doing so, you'll be entered into win a competition for these autograph photos. So you can find out more about this where I'm not stammering through it and trying to remember what I'm trying to say by going to Central Oklahoma Ghostbusters on Instagram or Facebook. Um, I, as a final thing here, I want to just put out there cause I forgot to say at the top of the podcast for some of you, you might've been wondering, dude, where, where were you? You were supposed to be here on Monday. I thought you were doing a good job of like actually running the podcast and remembering to release it on the day that you say you will. And I want to be re very real and direct with you all. I apologize for the lateness of this week's episode, although it did make it beneficial that we could talk about the fact that the first day of filming happened and that I can declare myself as the first podcast to be released after the first day of filming, whatever that means. Uh, but we had raccoons uh, managed to get in our in our house or not in our house, but in our roof and the recent rainstorms here in Southern California. And I have only one explanation for why this happened. Um, it took a lot of time of like calling people and things. And that's kind of why a podcast got released late. But I'm fairly convinced that the reason this happened is because recent guests of the podcast, Chris Sorrentino, a.k.a. Pizza Plasm, uh, I believe that our discussion of raccoons and his desire to feed the raccoons in his backyard and provide them with uh, free pepperoni and sing to them um, might have confused the local raccoons such that they think that this is the place now. So, uh, Chris, if you happen to be listening, if you could um, arrange a sit down with the boys and maybe call this off, um, that would be great. They, they need to be redirected. I, I realize that these are probably the West Coast cousins of the guys in your backyard, but uh, we could use a little support here. And for everybody else, I'm sorry the podcast was a day late. You can blame raccoons for the first time ever <laughs> for the reason of a podcast being delayed. Um, but beyond that, I'm really excited to talk with Jacob Walsh and to share that conversation with you. So uh, let's go now to that conversation with Jacob. Joining me on Extra Plasm Podcast this week, uh, a good person, a good friend of the show, somebody whose show I enjoy very much, uh, a, an awesome tattoo artist, a podcaster, a culture commentator, a, a, a performer of said comments, an audiobook reader, uh, and many other awesome things. Thank you. Jacob Walsh from the Yes Have Some Podcast and the and the uh, Monster Island Podcast and mm -hmm. Mandatory Mando Podcast. And <laughs> 
too many, many podcasts. podcasts. How are you, Jacob? How are you doing? I'm good, man. I, I appreciate that intro. Thank you. Hey, thank you for saying I'm a good person. I, I enjoy that. I enjoyed hearing that about myself. <laughs> I think you're a good person. I enjoy you as a person, Thanks, dude. You know, I think I, I always say this like it's a priority one, a priority issue. Like, can you be on Extra Plasm podcast as a guest? Question one. Are you a good person? Are you good? Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a good <laughs> that's a good place to start. Yeah, it's not like <laughs> how many followers do you have? What is your re- no? Are you a good person? Like, do just be cool. Yeah. Do, do, are you likable in a way that I like you? Not even do other people like you. <laughs> right because that would probably not get me past the test i think i don't think that's true but uh <laughs> i i think that there are plenty of people who like you and um who are tuning in on a regular basis to check Thank out you. things like toy anxiety on youtube and um you know i which i have to admit i have been not very good at keeping up my toy anxiety viewership recently well because i get it man it's nights. hard to i i i understand it's really hard especially when you start when you start podcasting and you start making friends with other podcasters. Yeah. It, it's so hard, especially like toy since toy anxiety has gotten a little bit um, bigger and the circles become a little more wider. Like there's so many other people that will have on toy anxiety that do their also do their own shows. And I'm like, how am I supposed, I can't watch, I can't watch Jay's show tonight. I'm not going to be able to watch Paul's show. It's just like (laughs) every night, three people, you know, have a podcast and I'm like, I can't even be there for all of my podcasts at this point. It is kind of true. You start to feel bad. It's like, oh, I missed, I missed this episode. I missed that episode, whatever. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. I mean, I think that, uh, especially for you all, like it started out, you know, yes, have some was podcast at first that started out as kind of like a ghostbusters and pop culture podcast and then yeah the pandemic hit and when we were all trapped in the house what started out as like live streams kind of transitioned into a toy youtube show that's when to- well, you know you well that was it was just ryan and craig at first yeah it was just ryan and craig and then it was ryan craig and abby and then it was like Ryan, Craig, Abby and Jake Stevens. And I was like, who, who is this guy? Why is it? Why do they have a new Jake? Because like I wasn't doing it at the time. And, and I was like, oh, I better do this. So then I started doing it and it just turned into its own thing. And then like Monster Island started, you know, we met Jake Key and he was like, let's do Godzilla stuff. And at first I didn't want to do it at first because I was like, man, I'm already doing YHS. I got to do YHS Patreon stuff. I'm doing toy anxiety stuff. And now I'm doing all of that. And uh YHS on Monster Island. That's why that's why YHS on Monster Island is every other week. Because right. I cannot I cannot podcast four nights a week every single day unless I can quit my job. So if uh I could quit my job, I'll do more podcasts. Would you want to quit your job though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I mean, I'll quit i'll quit tomorrow um no i i always think about because tattooing is like your primary job right so i yeah. wonder like as an artist who likes to do body art and stuff like would sure. you ever want to quit your job um you uh, know, but. it would i mean it would be there are days where i'm where the thing is is like I do like tattooing. And if, if I have to do any kind of actual real life job, I'm glad it's tattooing. But also if podcasting is paying my bills, I'd rather just get up and do nothing. <laughs> you know, I'd rather, I'd rather get up and I'd rather get up and film a toy video and then maybe do some painting. I'd, I'd rather be painting Fair than enough. something yeah. for myself instead of tattooing some of the stuff that I have to, t- you know, like yeah. I don't get to tattoo only the stuff I like. I got to tattoo. Right. 
what brings the money in and sometimes it's boring shit. Or, I want to talk about that in a minute. I don't know if I sure. can, can I curse on this show? I don't, yes. I don't know if I, okay, the, the I rules of this sure. podcast until Apple music comes down and comes and gets us is that we just forget to check the explicit box every week. There you go. Like that's Who how cares? it works. So <laughs> tread carefully listeners. That's yeah. <laughs> But, uh, um, no, but it's part of why I asked this. Cause like, I think about body like tattooing, right? It's like, yes, you're doing a lot of artwork, but a lot of that artwork is like, yeah. it's like oddly commissioned artwork, right? It's kind of yeah. like, it's like, it's not commissioned out months in advance necessarily. In some cases it is like, if you have yeah. clients who, you know, you're going to work for and do custom work for, but like, if you're doing stuff that, you know, is coming out of a library of art that you can, you know, then like sitting there, then. You can, yeah. Somebody could come and flip through a book and be like, I want this serpent on my back. And you're like, sure. I don't, I think that looks like shit. And they're like, <laughs> you can't say that to them, but you know, like uh, that's their sure. choice. I, I, I'm, I've gotten to a point where I've been doing it for a long time. Um, the, the shop I work at is, is sort of appointment based. So we don't have yeah. a ton of, we don't have a ton of people who just come in and they're like, Oh, I want to get something little and dumb right away. Sometimes we do. And, so, and we'll do those if we have time, but um, we like to just book our appointments out and right. know what I'm going to do from day to day. And I definitely have clients who just let me do whatever I want or clients that will be like, Hey, I kind of want this thing, but you figure out, you figure it out. And that kind of stuff is fun. Even sometimes if it's not something I would ever want to look at in real life or, or, you know, draw or anything, the fact that they're giving you, you know, kind of free reign to figure it out how you want to do it. That makes it better. But there are, you know, today I, I spent four hours today doing a Clash of the Titans tattoo. And I was like, this is amazing. I <laughs> wish awesome. if I could do this kind of stuff every day, it would be great. But then it's like, you know, uh, some days you're just doing like another flower or another bird. or well, I like doing birds, but it's like they want, people <laughs> want the same ones. You know what I mean? Doing a lot of the same stuff over and over. So. You get tired of like doing the big uh the big like uh what is it social distortion birds on people's chests the big giant yeah, oh like, uh, god I haven't, <laughs> I haven't done that in a while and i mean I'll, dude i'll be i'll be 100 percent honest with you some days some days it's not about the work you're doing but it's like i i i have a little bit of anxiety uh nothing nothing uh you know uh that a doctor has told it's just my own thing i've never it's not, yeah, sure. nothing i've ever been to a doctor for or whatever but my tattoo shop is one open room. It's one big right. open room and you got like six people working in there. So like I, I have to listen to everybody's conversation. I got to right. listen to whatever music is on. Yeah. And I still got to focus on my, and some days that is the problem. It's like, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I love what I'm doing, but can you stop talking for a second? You know, so, but it's great, man. I, I'd i rather be doing it. I mean, also, most days I'm all, I'm out of work by like two o'clock almost every day. You know, I nice. go to work when I fucking want. You know, I I, right. I go to work at 10 in the morning and I'll work for a couple of hours. I was like, I think I'm going to go home. So, you know, if my appointments are done, I'm done. So that that's the best thing. You can't, you know, I I, I travel whenever I want. Whatever YHS stuff is, is never an issue. And that's the best part about it. That's awesome. And like, I, it's funny because like I was thinking about. This, I've been to like I've been to a tattoo shop while other people were getting tattooed. And I was just thinking about when I got my tattoo and how atypical the experience was in relationship to what you do, because my tattoo happened like on someone's kitchen table. Um, oh, no. Like years like by a, ta a by a tattoo no. artist. 
the person who was licensed but whose shop hey, had hey, been closed hey, let down. You, let me so, let me tell you a secret. Like, let me tell you a secret. <laughs> if you're not in an actual shop, you're not licensed. That's no, not that, how this, it works. You cannot point, be a licensed uh, tattoo artist working out of a house. It just, <laughs> that's not how it goes. In this case, what had happened was the guy I we I knew the guy. He was a family friend, and his shop had been clo- had been foreclosed yeah. on. And so sure. he was like. I have all the materials. I can just do it. <laughs> so oh, it was no. just that's like, a big no, man. Even it was a dumb thing to do in your teenage years. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it happens. To, it happens to a lot of people and a lot of people don't know. You know, a lot of people. I mean, like, sure. If the tattoo artist is good, you can be just as good at your house than you can at work. But the, the issue is the cleanliness. You know, a, right. ta- a tattoo shop, if it's proper, if it's properly and it's properly clean the way it should be it's like a hospital you know we have to use we are required to be using chemicals that are like you can't just go get in the store you have to get them from a you know a a medical supply company medical supply company and shit and it's it is like a hospital in there it's got to be that clean because you're it's open wounds a tattoo is a big open wound so tattooing anywhere other than a tattoo shop is is a little bit of a risk. And it hey, in some tattoo shops it's a risk too, because some people don't care as much about, you know, the cleanliness of their shop. But uh tattooing in a house is usually <laughs> just like a it's usually a big no because there's just so much stuff in a house. Right. It's dark, it's whatever. Especially if there's pets, there's hair around, whatever. Nobody cleans their house the way we have to clean our shop. So <laughs> but the reason I asked you this, the reason I brought it up was not to be like, let me tell you about how stupid I am. Um, which I went and did this once 30, 20 years ago, but um, you do tattooing at conventions, right? Like, is yeah. that a thing you still do? Yeah. How does that yeah, work? How does do that work? Like, do you just like, do you know what you're coming in to do? Like, do you have appointments when you do them? Or like- uh, So I, I like to do it that way. So usually what you do is um, you can book appointments ahead of time. You can like, uh, you know, people, maybe, maybe people who want to get tattooed by you that live closer to where the convention is, will will book with you for that day. Um, I like to, sometimes I bring people from Valdosta from my town. I'll be yeah. like, Hey, you want to come get something fun at the convention? Cause you want to try to do things. It's like, a you know, trial and error. The first few years you do a tattoo convention, you think you're going to go and do something crazy big and impressive. And mm-hmm. then you learn like how cramped it is, how hot it is, how like that thing I was saying a minute ago about just having six people and right. one music, you're in a room with like 300 people talking <laughs> right. and, uh, and, and 300 different songs. Playing. And an so audience, it's like, right? It's like more people looking yeah, to so, see what you're doing. Yeah, people right? walking so. by and seeing what you're doing. So like you have to, Figure out what you want to tattoo. And then if you want to enter stuff in the like best of day categories, you got to figure out like, okay, I got to figure the size out ahead of time. I got to try to figure out a design. You know, I'm, I'm in here with, you know, two or 300 other artists. So you have to think of something that's going to be cool and like catch people's eye. Cause then you got tattoo artists judging it and all that. So I, I usually, uh, it's usually like three days. It's like a Friday, Saturday and a Sunday. I like to maybe for the Friday and Saturday get appointments, like get one tat one or two tattoos a day. Yeah. And I'll and I'll charge just like a set price, something fun. And then on Sunday, um, I'll just bring a bunch of like tattoo designs, like easy, quick ones mm-hmm. and uh, and just knock out because people nice. come to those things and they want walk ups. And, you know, you could do I mean, if, if you if you do it right and you get on it and you tattoo, you, you could do, you know, six or seven walk ups. 
And then you just get to keep all, you know, you get to keep all that money. So, yeah. Because <laughs> so, um, we, you know, you got to pay for your your setup and all that kind sure, of stuff. Sure, your booth. Like every, every, every shop does it. Every shop does that that stuff differently. So some shops might still have to get a percentage. The way my shop does it is what you make at the tattoo convention is yours. So gotcha. we don't have to split it with anybody. So And so like each shop is sort of showing up and like setting up their space and like it's kind of like, cause yeah, we're talking about like, sort of like the, it's like, like, going, it's like a, a triage tent, like mash. Everybody's got no, to set up a clean space in a clean room. Like, yeah, you know, well it's one, so it's one big, it's like in a, it's one big room of like a convention center. The one yeah. I go to is the one I go to is held at, um, it's held at, uh, uh, the world golf center in St. Augustine, Florida, which is the one where Bill Murray has that, does that big golf tournament every year. Uh-huh. It's like near the, the Caddyshack restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and you know, they, they, uh, the health, the health inspector comes in, they clean the room ahead of time, the one big room. And then everybody has tables. You know, you can get one table or two tables, however many people you got. And you just come in, you're in your little space and you set up just like you would in a shop. But then the health department comes by every single, they have to come by. They got to check your inks. They got to check your your needles, your cartridges. They look at everything. They make sure you got proper, uh, you know, sanitary stuff like maticide spray, whatever. And then you get checked off a list. And if you get checked off, you start tattooing. That's and awesome. Tattoo for the weekend. Yeah. I just, I find that stuff really fascinating. Cause it's like tattooing to me is always, I think about it being a, in a small space. Like most shops are not very big, right? They're kind of yeah. like tend to take up a smaller footprint. Um, and, but I <laughs> think about a convention and it's like all these people all getting ink at once. And the sound of just yeah. the motor, it's just crazy. the sound of the vibration motors from like the vibration of the motors from the needles would probably drive yeah. me crazy. But um like that's what you talk about people it's a little different now like machines are way quieter now you'll you'll get you know some of the older people who want to keep using the older machines that are really buzzers but like my my machine makes no noise you know unless you're like right up in it so yeah it's different you know it's definitely loud and and but it's but it's fun and it's fun to be able to walk around and see what other artists are doing and being like oh shit that's cool you know um so yeah how many like we just we just do it once a year how many Ghostbusters tattoos do you think that you're currently responsible for? Not that many, dude. I haven't done a ton. Um, 10, maybe 10 in my, maybe 10. I've been tattooing for 13 years. Um, at some point I'm going to come get, a, I'm going to get, have you put one on me when you can make it a little, yeah, dude, I've done a couple of the logo, <laughs> but then, you know, I've done a few other, uh, you know, I've done a couple mini puffs and, uh, you know, some random stuff, some real Ghostbuster stuff, but not as many as I would like. If there was something from like, and just to kind of bring it back into Ghostbusters world a little bit, if there's something from like the Ghostbusters uh, canon that you had the opportunity yeah. to do as a tattoo, like what, what would it be? Like, what do you think? Would be oh, I, I want to do. do- I want to do like a big, I want to do like a big, like maybe illustrative realism terror dog. I, I drew one up one time to, to do like made like a stencil for one. And it's just nobody wants that. <laughs> I mean, there, there are people, there are people out there that do want that. But I live in a, I live in like a, a college town in South Georgia. And the amount of people who want to get the designs that I'm like, I'm drawing up Lord of the Rings stuff and, you know, Godzilla and stuff like that. And there's not as many people in this town who were like, yeah, I want to get obscure Ghostbuster tattoos. Those people all <laughs> have to travel in. I'd love to do like a really nice, 
you know, detailed terror dog. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Or, hey, or a Slimer. Same with Slimer. I've done a Slimer before, but like a nice, like, you know, put some time in a Slimer. That'd be, that'd be fun. Would you talking like a big back piece or like what, like what, this is whatever. like a weird question. Like whatever. what's your favorite something, part of the body to tattoo on Jacob? <laughs> I mean, like an arm or a leg, some, something that doesn't, something that's not too uncomfortable or you have to twist the body in a weird way. Backs are good. Arms and legs are great. I don't want to, I don't want to tattoo a, a big terror dog on somebody's ribs or something. You know, that, that's a pain in the butt. <laughs> a so. terror dog bursting out of somebody's beer gut. Just roar. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I'll do it. I'll do it, but we're both going to be uncomfortable the entire time. <laughs> I have a friend who uh, recently he's he's still working on it, but he's got um, a Back to the Future sleeve that he's doing, yeah. like basically down his whole arm. And it's really mm-hmm. a Doc Brown sleeve. It's not even like a Back to the It's he's like Doc Brown is just like his favorite Brown. character in all yeah. of science fiction. And so it's <laughs> just like all of the faces of Doc Brown from the point where he's like wearing the helmet, the, the weird awesome. helmet on his head, like yeah. all the way down his arm to like 2015 and back um <laughs> i'll send you i'll send you it later you could check it out but he's like so i yeah. forget who the artist is but he's a, a portrait uh tattoo artist mm-hmm. who's like florida based um so you actually okay know who he florida is florida yeah i might know him that that's yeah. cool yeah i'd love to see that but yeah it's really cool but i i would think about this a bunch that like you get have an opportunity to do a lot of really cool artwork you know doing what you do with your background um sort of as pop culture person mm-hmm. that you've you know there i think every artist every tattoo artist has to have like their toolbox of stuff they can draw and you know are yeah. really good with um but i always think it's fascinating because you have such a good grasp of like dinosaurs kaiju like <laughs> ghostbusters like all these right. different in jurassic park in particular right like and if anybody it's ever all- wanted a twister tattoo and they didn't come to you they would be like wrong i would like be they would so you know, mad yeah i'd be yeah. so mad um yeah, I mean, it's all stuff that I it's all stuff that I has have been drawing since I was a kid, you know, like I, I've it's just all the same shit over and over like alligators and and dinosaurs and, uh, you know, Ghostbusters and Jaws like that. It's just I literally have, um, you know, some stuff from when I was like six or seven. Yeah. Of drawings of like the Jaws ride at Universal Studios <laughs> and King Kong that I still have. And I'm like, oh, I'm just I'm just still doing the same stuff. So here's a weird question I'll ask you then, because like as a, I know you to be a person who you love Ghostbusters and it's like one of the big things in your life that drives like, yeah, your pop culture worship and whatever, however you want to frame that. Um, mm-hmm. But you also are a person I know who is just massively into dinosaurs, reptiles and sharks. Like if it yep. has a giant jaw and it has yep. many shark teeth, there's a good chance that you like it. So it's for me, yeah. <laughs> what is that about? Like, where do you think that comes from for you that like, cause like oh. I, this is not to put a label on you cause, and this is yeah. friendly territory because I'm a vegetarian mm-hmm. and animal rightsy kind of person. Sure. Most of the people I know who are like vegetarian and into like Are you a vegetarian? Welfare. Did I know that? Yeah. That's why I send you all those vegan food recipes all the time when y'all are traveling. Dude, I, I'm not sure I actually realized that you were a vegetarian. That's yeah, great. That's hey, like, why I've, not? Hey, let, let's jump on the animal rights trend. Why not vegan? Why not straight? Why not all the way? I man? was. So I used to be vegan and I lived in Wyoming for two years doing grad school, mm-hmm. being outnumbered by sheep because in the state of Wyoming, okay. there are more sheep than there are people. A lot of sheep. 
Um, okay. And my ability to eat in 2003 as a vegetarian, as a vegan, basically meant that oh, I well, subsisted off a long of, time ago. Yeah. So it was like I was you, a vegan uh, in like 2020 and I've like or in 20 in 2001. And I did okay. that to like 2005, probably. But sure. Like the being in Wyoming definitely put a dent yeah. in this because well, n- it was hard. Yeah, to but do it now. But now, now you it's live easier. in California. You live in yeah. like the most vegan friendly place, maybe. In yes, the but States. now I make an insane amount of pizza that everyone likes. So dude, I would but, have to. Yeah, well, dude, I, I can't do it. Like vegan cheese is, is a lie man. just as much as the cake is. Just no, like dude. <laughs> no, dude. You just hold on. Hold on. Listen, I've had the vegan cheese conversation <laughs> with a lot of people, and uh, I will be the first to tell you that all vegan cheese is not made equal it, there are there's yeah, some bad for sure stuff there's some there. bad stuff but there's some yeah. good stuff out there too man and it gets better like it's constantly getting better i think it just depends on the brand you got you gotta you gotta try different brand i'll we'll talk after air i'll give you some cheese brands that i all think right, are, that's that are pretty good you can try them out but, um yeah uh, that's so all, how we no, got- that's awesome though i don't i don't fit hey finish your question i uh, <laughs> I, I just like I interrupted your question. No, I'm sorry, look, but I, this is I'm, what happened. I'm, 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 I'm happy a, to hear that you're a vegetarian. I'm going to tell you what happened in this. In almost okay. every other podcasting context that you are in, if this question yeah. had come up somehow, there would have been like something that came up that said, listen, and then it would have been followed by some explanation <laughs> of why that's a bunch of dumb shit. <laughs> and in this context, or it would have been followed by an explanation that somebody tried something for like a week and then they ate a chicken right. sandwich. Not exactly. that I'm throwing shame around about what other podcasters no. do. <laughs> <That's great>. um, <laughs> but um, but realistically, it's like, I don't ever hear you talk about this. Right. Like, yeah, I don't. That's kind of why I, I was I, like, I want to talk to you about it for a couple minutes. Well, but. I don't talk about it too often because uh, and I, I've talked to Craig and Abby about this. And I think on one episode, it might even have been a Patreon episode. We talked about it a little bit, but uh, I don't like to openly talk about it too much because I don't want to be like vegans get such a bad. Yeah, they get such a bad rap, dude. And and so many people, as soon as they hear that V word. They will not listen to anything you have to say. And I was like, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to sound like. Sure. You know, it, it, it's the uh, it, it is the one like, you know, I'm not into politics. I don't. Somebody yelled at me on on the YHS uh, uh, Facebook group a long time ago. He's no longer in the Facebook group. But this guy yelled at me <laughs> because, I, because I wasn't political enough for him. And I, and I, and I tried to be like, man, you know, like I'm. I, I'm going to die at some point. Everybody in the world is going to die. I don't, I don't I have time that. to like, I don't have time to, to be upset about every same thing that you are. And I was like, yeah. I, I have other things in my life that are important to me. And, uh, veganism is one of them. I just don't like to talk about, cause like, I don't want to, I don't want to come off as annoying. And, and I think a lot of vegans do come off as annoying. Please don't. If there's any annoying vegans, listen to this. Don't yell at me. I just, <laughs> I just want us to be, I just want us to not, you know, come off as, uh, as crazy as some of us. No, agreed. I say this. So I don't talk about it a lot. No, I regularly, I say this in my class when I'm teaching like to 19 year olds in community college about communication studies and persuasion and argumentation. I tell them that I ask them how many of them have ever met a 19 year old vegan. And that's not, we talk about how like the norms of communication for the 19 year old vegan are about pointing out how everyone else's values around them 
are different and inferior and that they make no yeah. friends by doing so. Right. And then it's like, so over time you do kind of develop this thing where you're like, I just won't talk about this, but then it becomes okay yeah. when you're in a context with somebody else. And that's why I wanted to ask you this weird dimension of the question, which is Absolutely. most animal rightsy people, most people who are like, have a connection to having that sense of compassion and like eating for a reason that they don't eating the way mm-hmm. they do. Cause they have a compassion element tied to it. They're all in the cuddly stuff, but you're into everything that has scales. So yeah. <laughs> explain. <laughs> uh, I mean, I grew, I literally grew up watching Jaws and uh, my favorite movies when I, you know, like I was like eight when Jurassic Park came out. Yeah. And there's something about movies like Jaws or uh, the movie Alligator from the 80s, early 80s, uh, or maybe it might have been late 80s. There's this movie called Alligator. Yeah, there's just something terrifying about um, an animal, something that exists in the real world that can eat a human being like that's terrifying and (laughs) and not just and it's not. And it's the kind of thing where, like, you know, if if somebody's trying to murder you, you can you can reason what you can try to reason with them. You know, you can have a conversation be like, hey, man, I really don't want to die. You can't you can't do that to an alligator. An alligator doesn't give a fuck. It just wants to eat something. Um, and, and I think like that'd be the tagline of this episode. An alligator doesn't give a fuck. Just, an alligator doesn't give a fuck. And I just think as a kid, that kind of stuff scared me a lot more. Like di- seeing dinosaurs eat people was like fascinating. Yeah. Uh, any any movie with like a killer animal was that was my favorite movie at the time. And I think Jaws is the best. That's my favorite movie of all time. I think it's a perfect movie. I think, I think Jaws, I don't just, you know, some people can be like, Oh, you know, Ghostbusters is my favorite movie. Maybe it's not the best movie ever made. My favorite movie is Jaws. And I think Jaws is the best movie. ever yeah. made. I don't think I there's ever been a right. film as good as Jaws, but, uh, you're, but you're right. As I got older, and when I and when I um I was I became vegetarian before I was a vegan. And when I started figuring out that all those movies were full of shit <laughs> and it's like, you know, you, when you start to learn, you know, when you get a little older and you learn about what sharks are really like or what alligators are really right. like, then you go back and watch this movie. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, you know, Peter Benchley, after he wrote Jaws, he felt bad about it because Jaws came out and it there was like a giant increase in shark yeah. deaths because yeah. of the movie jaws. But then also villainize the shark. Yeah. Yeah. Because you villainize sharks, alligators, bear, whatever film it is. That's not how bears on people, cocaine, especially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, have you seen that? <laughs> not have yet. Seen I that? want to, but okay. I won't spoil it, but, um, uh, but it's weird that you brought this up because it's kind of been on my mind a lot. Like this whole situation about, um, animals in film and horror movies and how they're treated and how uh like when it's okay to kill the animal at the end of the movie versus when <laughs> it should it's a whole thing it's a whole thing but i have to look i look back at movies like jaws and even though even though when jaws came out it was responsible for a lot of shark deaths um i go to this convention whenever i can uh called shark con in tampa yeah tampa florida and it's all like shark conservationalist it's all like you know national geographic is there it's all people whose like 
life it is to learn about sharks and discuss. And there's also a really big Jaws thing there. They always have a lot of Jaws. Uh, they'll they'll show movies. They'll have cast from from mm-hmm. Jaws one, two, three, or four. And I remember being like, "Oh, it's kind of weird that they have the Jaws people here. They you know, were celebrating." the big bad shark movie at a place where we're celebrating the lives of sharks. And I thought it was weird until I started going to the, uh, all the talks they they'll have like have talks where somebody from national geographic will get up. And every single one of those people were like, Oh, I do this because of jaws. They're like, <laughs> sure. Jo- sure. Jaws is like, Right. You know, vilifying a shark, but it also made me interested in sharks. And they're like, it's like their Star Trek for NASA workers. Like, yeah, it, ex- exactly. It's the exact same thing. So I can look at I can look at some of those old movies or even some new movies where they treat an animal like a monster. And I'm like, you know what? This is a monster movie. Um, there are some examples where it's like, oh, this feels icky. You know, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen there's this movie from the 70s called Orca. Yes. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, um, I, have. I read the I read the book last weekend. Uh, it's been on my list for a long time. I read the book and then I rewatched the movie. I had not seen the movie in a long time. But as I'm reading the book, I'm like, um, I'm like, so this killer whale in this book does nothing wrong. every everything it does is provoked uh your human main character is like a piece of garbage he's trying to kill the whale he kills its mate uh you know it just like all kinds of awful the guy's all kinds of awful and i'm reading the book like I'm really going to be annoyed if they kill the whale in this book because the whale didn't do anything (laughs) wrong. You know, if it's if it's the kind of story like alligator where the alligator is a mutant, it's 36 feet long. It shows up at a wedding ceremony and eats every wedding guest. It's crashing (laughs) through the street. There's a scene where it hides in a swimming pool and eats the kid when it jumps off the diving board it's okay to kill the animal in that movie. Cause that's not an animal. That's a, that's a monster. But if the alligator is just living its life in the Everglades and it never leaves its home and the poachers come to the alligator and those poachers get eaten, that's those poachers fault. I don't want to see that alligator die. It's like a fine, it's a fine line. I and every think that's movie interesting. is different. It's very interesting. And it's so weird. You brought it up because I've been, talking to some people about it recently. I talked, I had a conversation with Craig about it the other day and he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's kind yeah. of funny. Cause it is, it's about like sort of the normal the normalization of like whether or not, you know, you can treat this as a legitimate threat or as because it's otherized from being a life yeah. or, or not. Right. And that's like at yeah. the core of like every animal rights debate is about whether or not the rights of like the life of an animal is other than the life of a human. Right. And so it's just kind of like, yeah. I think it's kind of funny because like the analogy I would give you after like listening to your explanation is if there was a dragon and everyone else was coming to hunt the dragon, but the dragon was just peaceful. All it did was sit next to its horde and be like, look, yeah, I just want to watch television and like enjoy my gold horde. You're explaining you're explaining the 1996 maybe masterpiece Dragonheart. (laughs) 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 
<laughs> that's what that sounds like it's to me. True. Um, oh God, I don't know what I year. That I don't know movie. what year that movie came out. But they dropped that. That's like that's enough. That's a movie where you're the only person I know who I who I know has a deep love of Congo in the way that you do, and that's oh, like Congo is amazing. Pull that out, but. Yeah, um, we got totally off the track of Ghostbusters for a Ghostbusters themed podcast, fine. but oh, That's well, okay. what everybody. Um, but to bring it back to that for a second, um, I want to ask you this. OK, it, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah, you're a person you have a kaiju like themed podcast, right? That's like what sure. you and Jake Key do is you talk about yeah. monster kaiju. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> can the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man like and I, you can answer this question however you want. Like, because I think that it, you have to to consider it. You have to consider it as like not Gozer the Gozerian versus anybody else, because this is particularly this destructor form, right? Like, yeah. Can the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man actually hold its own in any way with Godzilla? With Godzilla, no. no, no, right? No, and I mean it's because like, uh. I think one of the things that people don't talk about as often when they talk about the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and Ghostbusters is one of the thing that's the funniest part is that even though it's a giant creature and Ray summons the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, it's a good thing that they summon the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man because he's made of marshmallow. Right. And all you have to do is set like they set him on fire. and He's done. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, Godzilla has an atomic it's not just fire. He, right. he would just he would just vaporize the the state of Marshmallow Man immediately. So I don't think I I think he could hold his own. I think Stay Puff could hold his own if you were bringing height into it and not and it wasn't Godzilla. Maybe some of the other kaiju he would he would have a little easier if you picked a kaiju that was way smaller and uh, didn't have any sort of uh, like baby Godzilla. energy beams or. <laughs> Baby Godzilla still shooting fire out of his mouth. So I do not know how. I mean, maybe. Um, but against Godzilla, no, there's just no way. I Because I was honestly thinking about this recently because I was like, is there actually any kaiju in that contact? Like in the Godzilla universe? And I, to be yeah. fair, like I don't go that deep, right? Like sure. I can get like, I don't know, like Mothra, Ghidorah. Like I, that's not, a, I don't get, yeah. I, there's, these were tapes that existed in my grandmother's house when I was a kid in the eighties that we, right. you know, my people who listen to the podcast know that my dad worked in a video store when I was a kid. And so when, when I, when it went out of business, we basically got to buy things for like nothing. Right. So it's just like yeah. we ended up with Godzilla movies just because, and we, but I was like, who could, he, who could stay puff actually successfully no. take no, off? I, I, the the issue is that so many kaiju, even if they don't have some sort of energy weapon, which lots of them do, they still have claws and teeth. And yeah, Stay Puft has n- he doesn't have really anything. He's anything. big, so he doesn't really have anything other than that. We actually um in early YHS on Monster Island episode, it was determining whether or not. If this sounds so dumb, uh, but we did a, a full we spent a full hour or two trying to decide whether or not if um, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man was a kaiju or not, mm. if he could be classified as a kaiju. And we we came to the cl- conclusion that, it, you know, if you're not sticking to the absolute strict definition of the word, yeah, 
maybe he can. But then some of our listeners yelled at us. Some of the some of the uh, some of our uh, listeners that are you know classic kaiju fans were like, no, I don't think he's a kaiju. I think maybe he's more of a yokai, which I get that yokai is like a Japanese ghost. Yeah, he's a ghost. I you know I'm like you know what you're right, but he's a giant yokai, so. I don't think anybody's going to yell at you for calling him a kaiju. Kaiju just <laughs> means strange beast, you know, giant monster or whatever. So it's like, I was going to say what, all of those things. What is the definition that gets violated by Stay Puft? It's, like, it- it's just that he's a good, he's a ghost. Oh, so, okay. so I guess yokai trumps, you know, he's more of that than he would be a monster i don't see i don't, See, know. I don't what's but weird, is I he don't, a ghost or exactly. is he is a manifestation that's what i would argue ghost or is he a physical like i don't know uh i don't think anybody knows i don't even think dan Aykroyd knows yeah i mean it's i would just, i don't know like i would have to argue like that that's a manifestation of a of a pke like event but it's yeah not, it's, you know it's one of those it questions like, right. It's one of those questions that it's more fun to have a big, dumb conversation about it. Yeah. Uh, than to actually have an answer because there's not really in it. It's just all made up. So there's not really an answer, uh, but it's fun to talk about. So. So I think that that's a, a reasonable explanation. Like I because I don't, yeah. you know, I, I don't I personally think that I personally look think of him as a kaiju because I don't think of Stay Puft as a ghost because I don't really think of Gozer as a ghost. And that's the weirdest part about Ghostbusters is Gozer is not really a ghost. Gozer is, ghost in it. is like a deity who causes right. ghosts to sort of manifest. But Gozer itself is I not mean, a is ghost. Vigo a ghost either? I don't know. Right. Like I, he's <laughs> like a, I don't know what he is, but <laughs> I think it's just the name of what their business is. You know, it's just like <laughs> right. same way. Like what's funny is the exterminators I'm thinking about calling for my raccoon problem that I talked to you about off air are actually called yeah. critter busters. And I'm like, well, that's convenient, isn't it? Right. Um, so they can come by and I'll just be like, do you guys need any equipment? Go out in the garage. I got an extra roof rack. Just hook it up. <laughs> um, but whatever. Go. Um, so I guess my, my next question then for you is kind of like, what do you, uh, what, what do you, what do you want to see? Like you, you've seen a lot of Ghostbusters content over the years, right? Like you go back yeah. to childhood with Ghostbusters as a fan. Oh boy. You've had amazing opportunities to go and like be at premieres for the movies for not yeah. all of them. That would be weird if you were at the premiere for like the first one, you were like, I was, like, that'd be one. weird. I, w- I wasn't around. Yet. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was yet a gamete. I was currently a bundle of cells. Um, and it was really great <laughs> floating around. Uh, but like you've like you've had a series of like awesome and positive interactions with Ghost Core over the years. Yeah. Like you've what's your hope? Like, what do you want to see happen in this next sort of like wave of, of content that's coming out of Ghostbusters? Oh, weird. That that's kind of an interesting question, because like we I think for so long uh, we didn't ever really think there was going to be a, you know, a third movie in the franchise. Yeah. Um. So when Afterlife happened. And it was like pretty close to perf. I I love Afterlife and um, especially what they did, you know, with Egon and and the and the old guys and everything. And it was like, oh, wow, this feels like this should have never happened. It's insane that we got this. (laughs) Right. And 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 it's like, oh, I'm I'm good. This is this is what we this is what I've wanted forever. And now it's happened. And like, cool, I'll never see another Ghostbusters movie. But now it's like, oh, we're making another one. And, you know, Netflix is like, we're going to do some Netflix stuff. And I'm like, oh, um, yeah. So I think my only concern is like, I just want it all to continue being at the quality of afterlife. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Like one of the things that 
is like a blessing and a curse about Star Wars is that all of the sudden, and I say that, you know, since since uh, uh, the, the sequel trilogy started. Sure. There's a lot of Star Wars now. There's a yeah. lot of it. Like oh, there, yeah. there used to be there used to be two trilogies and that was it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, once the sequel trilogy starts, it's like now there's like 10 TV shows. There's so much Star <laughs> Wars. And that's great because I love Star Wars. But then it's not so great because uh, the quality of you know, what you're seeing is vastly different from show to show to movie to movie. And it's like some of it might be the best stuff you've ever seen. And then a lot of it is like, yeah, this is this is not great. And I don't want Ghostbusters to be like that. I, I'd rather there be less of it and all of it be great. Right. Than a ton of it. And some of it be like, oh, fuck. Um, but <laughs> but I think whatever the cartoons are, whatever, whatever the animated movie series like that stuff is going to be great no matter what you, you right. can do all kinds of, there's no way I'm going to watch an animated movie and be like, fuck that movie. You know, like it's animated <laughs> ghostbusters. There's nothing that's going to be bad about it. Um, and I also trust Jason and Gil like completely. So I'm not, yeah. wor- this isn't me saying I'm worried that the next movie is not going to be as good. Right. I just, I want it to keep being as good and I want more toys. That's what I want. I want more toys that are, um, maybe closer to the old stuff and less uh, like plasma series stuff is great and it's fun, but I gravitate more towards towards uh, toys that aren't trying to look realistic. Yeah, I want them to look like a toy. I like Those, the way the old Kenner stuff looked. The fright feature stuff they put out this year, the new fr- that was my favorite stuff. Yeah, uh, I was going to say the same thing. Like they were so yeah. much more fun. Like I, they actually are what makes it on my shelf. Whereas like my yeah, just, series figures are like in I a just box like, somewhere, you know, I mean, you can you can kind of see behind me. There's a lot of like this whole there's a ton of Ghostbuster yeah. stuff here. And um, khaki's not the best color for uh, <laughs> collecting. So that's why I like the real Ghostbuster stuff looks better to me. And, it, and, it, and that's across the board. It's not just a Ghostbusters thing like, you know, Marvel Legends, uh, Star Wars Black Series figures. I, I kind of hate the Star Wars Black Series figures because it's all trying to look so realistic that it all looks like bad uh, AI art or something. It's like none of the likenesses are good. I'd rather have the sillier, more kid friendly, you know, more stylized toys. I think that's part Uh, of why so many people love that NECA uh, Ninja Turtle line, because it's like it's kind of rides the line of being like adult oriented in terms of design and they look authentic and they look like, but see, but they have that brightness to them, you know, but yeah, I, I'm not, it's not a line I collect, but you know, but I mean, I, I love some of the NECA, you know, uh, realistic movie figures. And I know I just said, I don't like realistic movie figures, but I like them when they come from NECA because NECA's stuff looks just like, you know, yeah. like when NECA does a sculpt of a human face. Oh yeah. It looks just like that person. <laughs> Their Christopher um, Lloyd sculpt for the back to the future line is insane. Like, I mean, I want them I to mean, do if a, you, who made Roger rabbit line just on his, the fact that they have that sculpt out. <laughs> like, I mean, if you, if you look at NECA's, um, uh, Ripley figure from aliens, 
it looks exactly like Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. If you look at any Ghostbusters Sigourney Weaver figure ever, it's the worst figure you've ever seen. And I mean, like <laughs> the Plasma series, oh, the, the Diamond Select, terrible. the Maddie, they're all bad. None of them remotely look like her, but NECA's is like identical. So if it was a, if, if Plasma Series was up to the quality of that kind of stuff, then I'd be all for it. Yeah. But since it's like different, it's a different kind of thing, it just doesn't do it for me. I'm going to buy it because I love Ghostbusters and I collect Ghostbusters stuff and I and I want to get all the, the stuff. But uh, but I wish it was a little sillier, a little more fun to look at or play. Like, you know, you can kind of see the blurry Proton Pack. Yeah, yeah. Canter Proton Pack. That's just a fun looking image. You know, that looks right. great. It's not full of caution stripes and it's not yellow and khaki. So. And I love it. I said recently to somebody that I was I can't remember what I was talking about, but I said, we're going to make the Ghostbusters version of that. Somebody said, how I said, we're just going to put a lot of caution tape all over it. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to cover it in black and yellow yeah. diagonal shit and we're done. Yeah. It's now a Ghostbusters thing. Uh, There's not even a ton of like. I, I was having this conversation with somebody recently in the world of Ghostbusters. The caution striping is on the trap. Yeah. And it's on the Ecto-1A. Yeah. And I think that's it. Yeah, it's really not on a but lot it's of on stuff. every But it's on every fucking toy. Oh, yeah. By now. It's on everything. It's on it's on everything. I mean, for years, it's it, on it was, your it's on your logo. It is. I'm I, looking right no, here. Actually, it's, it's, it's on, on my old logo, my current logo. That's right. Remember the old logo before someone was nice enough to donate a logo <laughs> to the podcast. The old logo was just me stealing assets from other places and slapping them together. That's OK. Such that, yeah. you know, I stole the mini puffs off of the Hasbro Pulse website and then yep. just went here. These are mine for five minutes. It's fine. And then we got Nobody 10 cares. episodes in and then we got a logo and. Then maybe we'll get 46 episodes in and find a voice and um, maybe then we'll put it on a USB stick that looks like a My Little Pony if we ever get one. (laughs) And then our collection will be complete as as a podcast. Then we'll just end the podcast abruptly and everyone will go, what happened? I'll go, podcast found its voice. Sorry, everybody. Um, That's what you're supposed to do, isn't it? You just find a voice and then quit. I think that's how George Costanza would handle it. That's That's, that's what I'm hoping YHS does soon. Well, you've had more than 46 episodes <laughs> to get your act together. But I no, know. I love your podcast. I really do. Um, Thanks. Man. And I really love I, I have to say as much as I love talking about Ghostbusters and we didn't do as much of it for this conversation, maybe as sometimes you have. just can't. You know, um, we listen. What? Hold on. YHS figured it out really early on. You it's hard to be a, a Ghostbusters dedicated podcast it because. Is. There are times where there's lots of news to talk about, but like you can't do a weekly um, unless you're Chris and Troy and they they're they did it well. And they're the only ones who I think could do it. Otherwise, it's hard. And every now and then you're going to have an episode where it's not as heavy on Ghostbuster talk. And I is nothing wrong with that. This was built in. Right. The name of the podcast is Extra Plasm, meaning they can be like extra extra like you're getting the news or could it be like extra stuff that's extra stuff extra stuff outside of what you would thought you were going to get this week but um leaving that sort of to to kind of like wind this up a little bit because i know that you have a hard out as much as i enjoy talking with you and i would talk with you for another hour um (laughs) and we maybe shouldn't have burned as much time just bsing before we hit dude that's all right we'll Um, just do it we'll just do another show let me know. We'll, yeah, we'll do whatever. another. We'll, we'll do another episode. You can here. join the competition. I don't know if you know about it, but um, currently John, uh, Austin, 
uh, Stephen, Shay, a few other people are currently in the running. Oh, Chris Stewart's in there. They're in the running mm-hmm. to see who can reach the first five timer uh, participant. Are, is there going to be a jacket? So there was going to be robes as opposed to jackets, but only <laughs> okay. if Austin makes them. And everyone who I tell this to, they can then put pressure on him that it's his right. job. to. But they have to be screen okay. accurate robes. And so we went back to see, like, is there a robe in Ghostbusters? And of course, wow, Dana Barrett's wearing one when she this. comes down from like the yep. spook central after getting, you know, torn out of a terror dog. Uh-huh. They put a robe on her. So yeah. that I think has to be the robe that Austin has to make as a prop maker who does things that are screen accurate. But that would be great. Um, That'd be great. The big final I question one. I have for you. Yeah. Um, suppose there was a magic world where there was a yes, have some theme restaurant. OK, what's the what's your menu item? Oh, man. Oh my God. I it's that's such a hard question. Um, (laughs) Boy, if I had to pick like one thing to put on a menu. Holy shit, dude. I it's like I want to go to like what my favorite food is, but I don't think I do because I think I think my favorite food is maybe Chinese food, but it's like you can't. That's weird on a on a restaurant menu unless it's a Chinese (laughs) restaurant. I think it's got to be some sort of pizza. It just has to be. It's got, you know what it is? It's going to be the, the vegan pizza that proves all the non-vegans wrong. <laughs> Holy shit. This is good cheese. That's my, that's my menu item. Can we it, call is a, it? it is a slice of vegan pizza where you can't tell that it's <laughs> vegan cheese. Can we call it something like Jacob Walsh's contrarian creature crust? Like, yeah, like it that's needs- it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also want it to be shaped like an alligator somehow. It's a piece of pizza shaped no, like No, wait, it's, J- it's Jacob head. Walsh's contrarian creature free crust. There we go. That's, this is it. That's perfect. Yeah, that's it. No, 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 that's it. Um, My other contributors to yeah. this menu, by the way, include an entire section of the menu that are called dole bowls. And uh, it's, it's every every single one of them. I don't them, even want to know. What's no, every those. single one of them is a different um, variety of poutine. So like, <laughs> it's just <laughs> okay. That's kind of that's kind of cool. I think I think that's a cool. Uh, I would go to like a. I mean, if there was a poutine restaurant that was just all different, that's a. Uh, I think that's a good idea. Oh, I think that you have to like this should be a thing that you all have to investigate. You know, how do you create a YHS theme restaurant or a YHS theme cookbook? Because man i'd buy it it would be a it would be weird um for craig it his craig's item would be uh like a microwave uh, oven baked pizza because he doesn't cook (laughs) anything i don't think he knows how to cook um it would it would be a like tostino's pizza or something it would be a link to postmates just be like yeah It would it would be Chick-fil-A French fries if Craig had a menu item. Um, I really love bread, so it would be something, you know, it'd be like unlimited breadsticks or pizza. We got to get you hooked up on the bread tip, like because that's listeners of this podcast who pay attention know that I make way much, way too much bread. But you do. I've spent a lot of time looking at your bread photos. Sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I can't go to sleep. Let me go look at Jim's bread. I just, I just made that up, but I'm hey, I the only the hot sounds. bread pin I own is the pin from your podcast where <laughs> hot bread became the name for anything that was a hot commodity yep. in trading. Um, yep. Yep. Because of some sad commenter, I believe it was or, a sad comment. Yeah. yeah so I think they know, were they were trying to they were trying to say hot cakes. They were. 
Like was selling like hotcakes, but so they said hello, so, selling hot bread. And I have to tell you, <laughs> since then I Googled that phrase because I had to look. I was like, is this a legitimate yeah. phrase that people use? And there are a whole bunch of people who misuse that phrase. Like they yeah, just I'm sure I'm shocked. But there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of people. Yeah. So that doesn't surprise me at all. I don't know. But all I know is that I appreciate your podcast just as much as I appreciate hot bread and I appreciate you. So <laughs> Um, <laughs> Thanks, dude. I, I'm so happy to come on, man. It was fun. It was fun. Um, and I hope that we get to talk again sometime soon. Um, uh, anything you want to plug that's coming up down the road, people should pay attention to, they should know about places dude, they just, should find just, you on the internet. Just YHS, you know, YHS anywhere. We're on YouTube. I I, I, I hate plugging myself, especially because I'm, I'm on like 50 shows. It's just if you find YHS, I'm, I'm there. We're there. We're, we're all over. Uh, find yes have some on uh just find yes have some. on uh on youtube for sure um you yeah, can find YouTube toy anxiety on youtube on a separate yep. channel but also is mm-hmm. something that features jacob every week uh talking about action figures and toy collecting and um all kinds of fun stuff and often features guests from the toy industry and other toy youtube channels and things so uh, it's a good rousing conversation there's like a giveaway every week so if you have never checked that out you should mm-hmm. totally check it out especially if you're into collecting action figures um you can check out his other shows with Jake with Jake Monster Island, the new show you're yep. doing with Star Wars uh, for the new episode, season which of is Mandalorian called Mandatory. Sure. Mando. Which yeah. is just on the regular. It's just on the regular YHS. Feed, yeah. So, so that's why you if you find, find the YHS feed, you'll find the other stuff. Yeah. Um, yep. But and you can, of course, always take a look at US have some group therapy, which is a Facebook group for us have some where lots of cool people who already listen to this podcast. Hi, folks. Um, are <laughs> gathering on a regular basis. So, um, yeah, but I appreciate you coming on the podcast, Jacob. Anything else you want to say to the listeners before we wrap it up? Uh, no, man, just try the vegan cheese. Uh, <laughs> I know we, we talked about it. Uh, I would say do follow your heart. That's a, that's a good brand. Uh, Chow makes some pretty good. Vile Life is really good vegan cheese. Um, I know nobody cares, but that's I just want to leave it at that. And All right. Jim, thanks so much for uh, for having me on, dude. It was fun. And thank you for coming on. And we yeah, hope man. to talk to you again soon. Cool. That about wraps things up for Extra Plasma this week, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. I really appreciate your support. And I really appreciate Jacob Walsh for coming on the show. I hope that you'll check out everything that Yes Have Some Podcast offers and that uh, Jacob offers. His tattoo artwork is amazing as an individual level, but his the entertainment that he does and the commentary he provides with Yes Have Some Podcasts and uh, its various shows, including the Monster Island show that he does with Jake, uh, are, is really valuable and fun stuff. And uh, Jacob's just a really great person to chat with and talk to. So uh, if you haven't checked out his content, by all means, feel free to do so. Go over to Yes Have Some on YouTube. And of course, you want to do that because on Thursday, there is the live stream that they'll be doing as their first Ghostbusters live stream that you'll probably want to check out if you're a fan of this show, uh, because I'm a fan of that show. So, I mean, why wouldn't you want to do it for that reason? Isn't this how all of the people become fans of other things? <laughs> um, speaking of people we're fans of, uh, thank you to Baducci Studios who provides our logo. Uh, and also thank you to uh, Magnavox, who's a vaporwave artist who provides our music. And don't forget, if you'd like to share anything with the podcast, you can always reach me at Extraplasm on Instagram or Twitter or Extraplasm podcast at gmail.com you want to support the podcast you can always leave a positive review on itunes or spotify or wherever it is that fantastic podcasts are delivered uh and as always as our good friend ernie hudson who's definitely going to the uk says try to have fun and always keep on busting take care <laughs>